two generations merge into one to spread the good news of God's personal love. With the help of other prominent Christian voices, the gospel is presented in an easy and open way. You just might get the answer to your prayers. Hi, my name is Katarina Vitti and Barbara Campbell, and you're listening to Godcast, the Good News Network, where God's personal love is expressed through two generations merging into one to share the good news of the gospel. We're sponsored today by the Spirit of Huntington Art Center, where students with special needs and our veterans are transformed through creative expression. We are also on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and so much more. So today we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is anxiety, because that's something that's so prevalent, especially in our field of psychology. And there's all kinds of different anxieties, PTSD, separation anxiety, anxiety in the social realm. You know, if there's a place or a stage of life, then there's anxiety that goes with it. And what is it but fear and worry, really, and and really obsessing about the fear and worry. So there's a little OCD involved in anxiety as well, which makes it so hard to deal with because a lot of times we give in to that need to go over it and over it and perseverate about it in our mind, and we really just go deeper and deeper into it instead of just deleting it. Yeah, I think that's key, what you said. And I feel like the anxiety just snowballs and snowballs, and before you know it, it's like you're just in one big state of, fear and worry and you're upset and it affects your daily life and like you said what is it that perseverating about worrying about and deal with that issue i think is key or, or not even deal with it but just delete it <laughs> just just get, delete it yeah. just get it just don't even think about it don't just, even traffic with it because once you start thinking about it and trying to make sense out of it that's when it pulls you deeper into its into that black hole and you get really in trouble then it's hard to get out of that hole once you get in there because then you start thinking of every possible thing that could go wrong and you know our minds are amazingly imaginative and we come up with all kinds of things that we would never think of if we didn't if we just deleted it in the first place so what helps is to know that anxiety is never from God and he he certainly doesn't want us caught up in it or imprisoned by it when you get it you want to get rid of it a lot of times we don't even realize what it is and even if we do realize that we're worrying just to get it right away to recognize it and just delete it I love it the mass when it says um God save us from needless anxiety actually a prayer of the mass so I think that's so insightful what part is it in the mass right before it's right after the Our Father. Yeah, but that's a special little moment when you, you realize that if anxiety made it into the uh, canon of the Mass, it must be pretty big. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk today specifically about high school kids and the students' anxiety, the things that they've dealt with and kinds of times that they've tried to overcome it and how they've overcome it and different ways that they've dealt with it. And I think that's important because a lot of people think, oh, young people don't have anxiety. You know, that's just something that comes later on when you realize what life is really like. And it's not true. And especially in today's world, it seems to be an epidemic of anxiety and and it's hitting people at a younger and younger stage of life. You have to 
get a certain grade so that you could qualify to do well on entrance exams so that you can get into a good college so that you could have a good career and this anxiety of knowing what I want to study and what career I want to have and it's it's a lot all at once you know I remember in 11th grade having to take AP tests and really upping my game in the studies and it kind of in a way not completely but it did take a little bit of the fun out of school because it became more of like a like a work and a stress more than a growing experience so I feel like especially the 12th graders feel that tremendously and even starting your college career. Not to mention social media anxiety. That's one of the worst things. So many times I've I've heard kids say, I just want to turn my phone off so I don't have to see what's going on, so I don't have to feel upset or nervous about it or scared about it or... I'm always afraid of what I'm going to find out that I miss. Anxiety has all different kinds of tentacles into our heart and soul and mind and body, and it's really uh, much more pronounced now that we have social media. What are some things that can help us against this? You know, the social media, like you said, is a simple solution. Just have times where we, like, turn it off? I think psychoeducation. You need a lot of education out there to say, listen, this is great. It's a tool that's very important, but it also, you know, has a lot of precautions and it can really throw you and you may not even realize that it threw you. But just to be aware that this has uh, can have very detrimental effects on your mind and your soul. One of the biggest things about anxiety is the fear of anxiety itself. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Everyone is afraid to be anxious because it's such a debilitating, terrifying experience often. And we can't think of anything else. Nothing else exists. It's actually one of the biggest things in spiritual warfare to shut us down and to stop everything and to revert back to ourselves and not allow God's plan to go forward in our life is the weapon of anxiety and Satan uses that on us and the world uses that on us and our egos use that on us so all three things the world, the flesh, and the devil cause us to be anxious so that's why I say psychoeducation is important because we have to first of all know we're not alone that everybody else suffers from the same kinds of things that we're embarrassed and awkward about even talking about that we suffer from and also that it can be only cured through God Almighty. We need to learn to delete it and not even think about it, not have a word with it, not talk to it, not converse with it. Just delete it. And the way we delete it is by, especially during Lent, which is coming up now, as a, it's an exercise of renewing our mind in Christ. So allowing ourselves to be just like with the chiropractor, he aligns your body. Well, <laughs> we, we need to align our minds with God's mind and St. Paul is constantly talking about that. Renew your mind in Christ. So we have to get on the same page he's on in his perception of what's happening. His perception is never anxiety. So as soon as we actually buy into the anxiety, we're really practicing idolatry, actually. And if we really get that and see how dangerous that is, then I think it would help us to be able to stop it because it's not from God and it's not something that's good. I think it was Mark Twain that said, I 
my life was filled with disasters, most of which never, never happened. happened. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what we all do. We tell ourselves stories, do the what-if stuff, and none of that is really trusting God. It's really selling Him short, really short. In one sense, is that He's going to turn everything not only into good, but into a better good than if it hadn't happened to you in the first place. And I'm here with Sue, Sue Coffey from um, Holy Trinity High School, and Zoe and Patrick, and Rosie, our good friend Rosie from here on Long Island, and she just graduated from the University of Miami, and we're so excited we have a full table here, and Father Liam, so it's just a whole, it's a whole jam-packed show. We're going to be talking about anxiety and how God is there with us in our anxiety, in our moments of troubles, and how he wants to help us, and how he's there with us, and and great tips to help us through these difficult moments. Our students are going through, you know, difficult times with knowing what what to study, what to do, like what's next, you know, what's the next best step, where is God leading me, and following God's God's voice and God's calling for each one of us. So just jumping off that idea, we also have to get down to earth and say that grace builds on nature. What is a very natural thing to do? It's what we're doing here today. We're talking about our anxiety. We are pulling it out of the closet, you know, get opening the door, pulling the monster out of the closet and saying, here it is and I'm really not afraid of it. And that's what I think is so great about today's youth because they're so willing to acknowledge and talk about this kind of stuff and other stuff that that's going on inside their head. In past generations, they, no one ever admitted to anxiety or any kind of fears and everybody had to be so be above that and beyond it and people were afraid even talk about it but that's what I love about students today is because they're going to really just kind of look at it straight in the face and say and name it and say this is what it is and it, when you do that you immediately demythologize it when you keep things in the closet and you're scared of it and you don't look at it, it becomes so big and so immense and so scary and as soon as you pull it out it really becomes very very small so that's what I love about what we're doing talking about it I also um I wanted to talk about Zoe, our high school, yeah. first high school student. I go to Trinity. I'm a senior. Sometimes I get anxiety about like tests and stuff, and like studying for classes, and especially like this time of the year, we're all waiting on like college acceptances. So just like waiting to hear like yes or no from like your schools, that's kind of nerve wracking. But I don't know. I just try to like keep my cool, like and just like think positive, and that's how I deal with like my anxiety. I just recently moved. I guess it's far for me because my school's in Nassau and I've always lived in Nassau and now I live in Suffolk. I guess the commute's longer. I'm at school a lot, like I'm involved in a lot of things. The first week when we moved, it was like hard. It's like harder to see like my friends now. Like it's just, it's a long drive. It's like 45 minutes or like an hour it takes to get me to school. And I don't like that. <laughs> so like the first week I stayed at like Alexa's house for like four days because I just didn't want to drive home. Yes. But I don't know. I'm adjusting to it and I like it better because I used to live in an apartment and now I live in a house. I like the quote, everything happens for a reason. My mom like has always told me when like ever since I was little that like God has a plan for you. So wherever I end up is where I'm supposed to be. So I just try to think of that when I get anxious about things. I really like in the end that she said that everything happens for a reason. And it's God's reason for, for things to be happening. And I I like such strong faith at such a young age, like you said, to be talking about this. So our next guest is Rosie. She's a recent college grad 
from Miami University, and she's going to be discussing some of her anxieties and how she copes with it using journaling and adoration. College was interesting for, especially in terms of anxiety. Trying to pick a college, first of all, is already a really tough decision. I, I actually applied to 26. <laughs> I was so, I would, could not pick where I wanted to go. Um, I also, like, was an athlete, too, so I had to do, but, you know, my grades were a little bit better than my athletic performance. So I was in between, do I be on a sports team at like a smaller school or do I go to a bigger school? So I actually went to Stevenson University in Maryland my freshman year um, and I was on the swim team there. I, I had a good time there. I, I learned a lot but I felt like I needed something more so I ended up transferring to University of Miami and there was a lot of anxiety about leaving you know a, a scholarship and on like the, the swim team and going to a whole new university having to make friends all over again having to get to know a campus all over again it was it was tough and I was constantly thinking back and forth about what it would be like if I would have stayed a piece of advice or or just a piece of truth that Barbara has taught me recently is that anxiety doesn't come from God so any feelings of fear they don't come from God and I didn't know that I thought maybe God was sending me worries to, to let me know something was going to be wrong, but th that's, that's not how it works. Any, anything that comes from God should be um, feelings of relief and epiphany and peace. So just know that it's, it's coming from the enemy, it's coming from evilness, and it's trying to distract you from what you need to do. Because th that's, that's really what anxiety and fear does. It freezes you. It, free it prevents you from doing what you, are, what you were meant to do. I remember like trying to pray and then like getting distracted. My mind starts to wander and then I'm like, oh wow, I, I can't even like finish a prayer, you know? Like now I'm like, now I'm like down on myself about like even trying to pray, you know? But the, the act of like writing it has really helped me to be able to finish the prayer and be like, see, I can focus on one thing at a time for a little bit at least. Yeah, I, I journal three pages every morning and that's been tremendous shift in my life. I've, I'm doing it for two years now. So same thing as you, I have a lot, of, a lot of filled books and I'm very proud of seeing a full book. It's like a commitment to myself, it's a commitment to God being able to communicate, you know, not only talk to him, but also, as you were saying before, be able to listen and take it in as well. That, that has made the, a world of a difference in my life, journaling. So I, I have a, an amazing Catholic group at University of Miami, the CCM. Being a part of that group has just been an, an incredible blessing. And you're able to really talk about things like anxiety at Bible study or my RCIA classes last year. We would always open every class with, with the good and the bad of our last week and you're able to kind of get an insight on people's lives and what's going on with them and what they're going through. And like you're, the top good and the top mm -hmm. bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But it, it was great to, to really like break down the ice and really get an insight about what's going on in, in people's lives and to be able to apply what some of the things that people are going through and then and talk about it in the lesson was also amazing. I really feel for my my secular friends that are, don't have faith. I have one friend in particular that's coming to mind right now. She has incredible amounts of anxiety and she has no hope because she doesn't have the faith 
she said how she's always been like envious of my faith and that I'm able to be able to you know go on with my day but it's it's such a blessing from to be able to give things to God and she actually has come to church with me once so that's that's step one but I would love to be able to show her what God has in store or most importantly God has already showed her that she just needs to be have the mindset to be open to it so also, you know, if anybody's listening to this and they, they feel like they have a lot of anxieties and they feel trapped and they don't know what to do, just try to be more receptive that God is without a doubt trying to reach you, but you just haven't been picking up the call. The journaling helps actually get the anxiety outside of ourselves. So it actually personifies it. You know, it's kind of like uh, get it, get it, it, it becomes a concrete thing inside of us that comes now outside of us which is very very effective in dealing with it because it's then not part of you you don't see yourself as an anxious person you see yourself as a person managing something that's happening to you which is a big difference because the thing about anxiety that's so scary is that it's controlling you when it starts controlling you it's very scary but when you say wait a minute wait this isn't actually part of me this is separate from me and I'm going to get it outside of me, and that's when the journaling helps a lot, you know. Then, then you kind of say, well, is this a rosy thought, or is this a, you know, a real problem? And I think that's the question we all have to ask ourselves when we journal: is this a barber thought, or is this a real anxiety? You know, and that's what really helps personify it. You're making a mountain out of a molehill. Mm, okay. <laughs> and Saint Paul warns us not to do those things. You know, keep it a molehill. It's not a mountain. Mm, gotcha. You know, okay. And we catastrophize all the time, right? And then uh, the other thing is adoration. I think that's really impressive for me regarding Rosie because she never knew what adoration was until very recently in her senior year, I think it was, of school, of of college. And but she j- just naturally understood in her spirit that when she was quiet before the Lord, she was able to receive graces from Him or understandings from him that she couldn't otherwise that's always very comforting it may not come at the moment of adoration it could come a day later or an hour later a week later but nevertheless you have a sense it's coming from having been in god's presence so our next student similarly to zoe a high school senior from holy trinity and he's a student athlete and it's really interesting he has to juggle between athletics and his studies And let's listen in on what he does to help cope with his anxiety. The biggest thing that gets me through it, I mean, coming off of this past week, it was just our midterm week. So definitely a lot of anxiety from testing. And, you know, I know for seniors, it's almost a different atmosphere because it's the last midterms we take in our high school career. So it's kind of, you want to end it on a good note. So I think for me, the biggest thing is just understanding that God's a God of love. He understands our pain that we're going through. I feel like when we're younger, especially, you know, elementary school maybe coming up, we kind of maybe have this fear of God. He's almost this kind of, this this big beast who's looking over us just from up above and I think if I've really matured in my faith I've begun to understand better that when we suffer God suffers with us he really loves us and understands our struggles I think a big thing for me is just through prayer really just whatever I'm going through just saying you know Lord I know that you understand what I'm going through and just please grant me the strength to get through this and a big thing for me is also we have a, a chapel in our school every day pretty much I just head out there and I just try to listen to God. 
that's a big thing that, you know, Father Daniel, Father Gerard, Father Liam at our school, they tell us is just deepening our faith. A big part of it is just listening to God, which sometimes I think we tend to forget, you know, especially during exam week, I'll bring up again, it's kind of give me this strength, kind of give me this. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we just need to listen to God. And I think just having that alone time in the chapel and really just being in that presence of God really kind of grants me clarity and to understand that at the end of the day, he's with me and no matter what, I'm going to get through it. From an athletic perspective, you have varsity games going on. You kind of feel like you represent your school really and you want to do well for your students, your faculty, teachers. You have your exams, not just midterms, but just kind of every exam really does matter. Kind of can weigh on you a little bit. You really want to do well. And, you know, many assignments and just in general, there's a lot of things going on. It's a blessing to have so many things, but more things comes more responsibility and comes a lot more anxiety at times. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, yeah, it's just kind of slowing myself down. I think, again, prayer helps out with that also and just kind of changing that perspective. A lot of times we talk about with Father Liam, Mrs. Coffee, they kind of help us realize that it's not that I, I have to do these things, it's that I get to do these things. We live in a country where we're so blessed to have so many opportunities that kids our age across the globe really don't have that opportunity. So instead of kind of seeing the the side of it that's the anxious side and kind of that fear side, because mm-hmm. that's definitely there, kind of just seeing the blessings of it. And I think when I things kind of start to move a lot quicker, start to feel a little overwhelmed, if I just take a step back, pray, and just kind of keep that perspective of the blessings of it all, it really kind of helps me to make sense of it all and have some clarity when you're kind of going through it it's especially through high school it's such a a really there's so much going on in your routine and your schedule that there's almost no time it feels like sometimes Mm -hmm. to kind of step back from it so definitely things can kind of speed up on you and you feel like you you're just going through it you don't really have a time to stop sometimes Uh so I think that's why it's so important to really make sure you have that time for yourself. What I tend to do is I definitely start with breathing, definitely just breathing and prayer for me, just saying God. It goes back to that understanding that God knows what you're going through. So mm-hmm. I try to realize that God knows it. Not feeling too great right now. So I just give it up to him in mm-hmm. prayer and say a couple of our fathers and just really try to listen to God and what he's saying and just mm-hmm. feel that presence. And, you know, he's a God of love. So just feeling the love of God and, and getting me through that. He's really got a very unique understanding, I think, of prayer and the power of how he's used prayer in his struggles as a student, as a senior, in his anxieties. I think so, too. And I think especially being an athlete and a student takes tremendous grace and humility to ask the Lord every day for help in juggling all of this, you know, tight schedules, you're tired finding ways to eat in between classes and practice. I love what he said, that he really does connect with the Lord about lots of stuff on a daily basis and during the day. You know, he's really got it, that it's about moment to moment with God, not just a special designated time, but listening to God all day. Yeah, and he likes to go to the chapel often at his school, which is really key and an amazing resource for prayer being there connected and I'm sure other students go there as well so he sees some of his friends. I think that young people just naturally can much easier pick up listening to God than we can when we're older if you start young because it's such a natural thing to do and then when we get older we make it into these big things. We have to go to seminars and take classes and 
read books and work so hard to try to figure out how to pray. And I think it just comes so natural. We're, we're born with it. You know, kids know how to do that. Young people know how to do that. And to be able to just jump into that place and do it and not wait until you're older is great. And that's, I think, what's happened here. So just to kind of wrap up what we've been talking about today, I think that it's important to have some concrete ways that we can deal with anxiety because the gospel is really very practical. So we don't want to give things more power than God wants them to have in our lives. So I think a healthy dose is okay. In fact, it could even be important. Think of our reaction to our nerve sensors. You, you put your hand on a hot stove, right, and you withdraw, and that's a good thing, right, so that you can feel pain. In the same way, I think anxiety, we don't want it to be overloading in any of our lives. Uh, a priest once told us in the seminary, preparing for homiletics, you know, they, they train us to give, you know, homilies and, you know, that whole process. But he said, don't fear the day you're too anxious. Fear the day that you're no longer anxious before you go out preaching or giving a talk because a little dose of anxiety shows that you still care. And so it keeps you sharp. Fear the day where you're trying to get that anxiety back. And so that sounds kind of weird because most people ah, have a little yeah. too much Maybe yeah. they're overdosing on anxiety. Certainly in my own personal experience, I've looked at it differently from being in ministry that a little of it is okay. I just pray for the grace that it's not overwhelming to keep me from what God wants to do in and through me. I just was speaking to some of my grandkids yesterday who are in high school, and they was telling me about that, that they'll wake up in the middle of the night and just start being nervous or they don't really know what it is. What do you do for that? I don't know. I try to just, like, breathe it out. Maybe I'll, like, go and get my mom, but... I don't really like to like ask for help, so I try to just like stay in my head and just like try to calm myself down. Do you try ever try breathing? Things. Yeah. That's very effective, right? I do try to. Do, do you that. know why that works? No. <laughs> Everybody says, will we breathe, right? Do you know why it works? <laughs> yeah, because it's like what Father was saying, that we're connected with our bodies, too. We're mental beings, spiritual, emotional, and, and physical. And when we start to get anxious, we start to take shallow breaths, and we're not getting enough oxygen in our body. But mm-hmm. when you take a deep breath in through your nose, you hold it, and then you exhale. You're supposed to exhale for a little bit more than uh-huh. what you take in that's supposed to get enough oxygen flowing through your body to your brain and allow you to have the thoughts not come as rapidly that's exactly it and see it really works against itself because when we're anxious we breathe in a shallow way and our brain doesn't have oxygen now what happens when your brain doesn't get oxygen is you get anxious because you're like "Uh oh i'm in trouble like something's happening yeah Yeah. your body Mm -hmm. says something's really wrong now you're even more anxious so nice slow breath it's hard when you're anxious to breathe the devil kind of bringing us down that god wants the best for us well there's that other side that wants to kind of tear us down and and make and challenge us like say you're not so good you think about jesus Uh in the desert being tempted by the devil i know for myself i need that prayer time if i don't take that time in the morning and a lot of times in that prayer time when i feel that anxious i have journals so i have that need to just okay let me just write and i have i've always told the students i must have like 25 little spiral notebook but always recognizing when you're really feeling bad about yourself and and stress that's not from God. You know, God does not want us to feel that way. The more we can make it practical in everyday lives, the more successful we're going to be. So I'd like to talk about some practical ways that we can make the gospel come alive. And that is the word of God that tells us, do not give in to needless anxiety. So one of the ways that I always like to talk about with 
clients or when I'm teaching this is don't plan for perfection. That's very important. Perfection is the enemy actually of done, of getting things done. <laughs> and we sacrifice the good for the perfect very often. And then we don't get the good done and we get shut down and nothing gets done. Start out and we have a great scripture from Philippians 2 verse 5 saying, do not plan for perfection. Give that part up. We're not looking for perfection. We're looking for showing up and obedience and getting it done. That's it. A 6, not a 10 is what we're hoping for. It's not if the glitches are going to happen. It's when they happen. Everything has a glitch. If you don't let things that go wrong impress you, then they're not going to depress you and get you upset. Not catastrophizing, stopping with the what-if stories. You know, so so often we make up these stories that actually we love terrifying ourselves. I think sometimes people need more entertainment, so they like to just kind of terrify themselves and give themselves stories that none of which are ever going to really happen anyway. John fourteen twenty seven talks about that. Stop allowing ourselves to be agitated, afraid, disturbed, fearful, and do not permit yourself to be intimidated and unsettled. I think that's really strong words. And I love the word permit in that scripture. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated, disturbed, fearful, and do not permit yourself to be unsettled. The word permit is implying that it's something that you can have control over. That, you know, anxiety is is at its greatest terror when it feels like it's going to take us over. Really, we're talking about, in John, he's talking about the idea that we ha we permit it to take over. So that's very good news, actually. That means that we have our own ability to stop it. And every day we have multiple opportunities, of course, to be upset about something. Every single day we have multiple opportunities. So we have a choice. We have a decision to let go and to guard our peace. And one of my favorite scriptures about that is it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. That comes from the Song of Solomon. And what it means is, it's not the big crises that cause us the greatest anxiety. It's the little things that come in rapid fire that we're not prepared for, that kind of pull the rug out from under us. And those are the things we have to be most guarded against. Another one, great one I love, is get your mind off yourself. If you want to be miserable, think about yourself. That's probably the best way to do it. The perfect cure for depression <laughs> is stop thinking about yourself, reach out to others, retire from self-care, you know, or worrying, and allow God to care for us. We trust that God is going to take care of us as we care for others. So the best solution to anxiety and depression is really reach out to somebody else. So this has just been an amazing show. I'm really blown away by Barbara's information and expertise, our students and Rosie, and I've really learned so much, and I know you have learned so much as well, and I just wanted to thank you so much again for listening to this podcast about anxiety. Yeah, and I just wanted to mention we have a great series, uh, Ella Ella Francinella series, which is for young kids who are dealing with fears and anxiety. It's, it's really a lot about that stuff and, you know, minimizes the Again, taking the fears out of the closet, getting the monster out there, and kind of putting a pair of tap dancing shoes on him, you know, and a big crazy Easter hat and making him much more somebody that you can face and, and laugh about and have fun with.
rather than something that's scaring you. So check out our Elephants and L series for kids that are suffering, and every kid is, with anxieties and fears. And also recommending Joyce Meyer's wonderful book, uh, Simplify Your Life, where you'll find a lot of the thoughts that we've talked about. This is Godcast, the Good News Network, where two generations merge into one to share the good news of God's personal love. Check us out live on the radio show every Saturday at 10 a.m. on WGBB, which is the radio AM 1240 or 95.9 FM. And for our podcast, listen in on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts. And we look forward to our next podcast next month, which is going to be about relationships. Thank you. Thank you and God bless.